0: The following Knowledge at Warden podcast is brought to you by Vanguard, offering investments designed to help individuals and institutions reach their financial goals. Visit Vanguard.com. In the wake of rising medical costs and lowered reimbursement rates for Medicare, healthcare companies are finding it increasingly difficult to balance quality service with strong earnings. At the same time, the proliferation of products in the industry has added a layer of complexity that threatens service levels and, in many instances, makes execution of services more difficult and costly for companies and consumers alike. Mike McAllister, CEO of Louisville, Kentucky-based Humana, one of the United States' largest publicly traded health benefits providers, has grappled with these issues while leading the company through the rapid changes the industry has seen during the past several years. Today, the company is focused on moving away from the traditional one-size-fits-all healthcare delivery model adopted by most employers to a consumer-centered model, one in which product innovation is driven by consumer needs. Placing the consumer at the center is not easy, McAllister admits, because with innovation comes the potential for additional product and service complexity. The trick, he says, is delivering complexity only where consumers are willing to pay for it. McAllister agreed to speak with Wharton Management Professor Michael Yusem and Stephen Wilson, Engagement Director in George Group Consulting's Conquering Complexity Practice, about his company's take on healthcare delivery and the challenges of leading in a changing industry.
1: Okay. uh, Well, Mike, this is uh, really to you, and and speaking of your – speaks to your career uh, with Humana. I think you've gone back to 1974. Uh, Just looking back – as uh, you've grown with the company and how you lead people and how you have led the company, just offer a couple thoughts on what it had, takes now, year 2006, to lead a much more complex, diverse, and much larger enterprise than at an earlier point in your career. You can pick whatever earlier point makes most sense for you to speak to in, by way of contrast.
2: Um, might disappoint you if I told you that uh, I'm not sure it's any different.
1: Well, that's a perfectly good answer too. Could you elaborate a bit on that?
2: <laughs> I mean, I, to me, the principles have always been the same. Um, and there are you know, a number of different tactical things you have to do given the scale and the scope and the complexity of, of uh, you know what we are today versus what we once were. But you know, I did grow up in the company, and I think the, uh, the principles that have driven, Uh, both the company and and me over the years have been pretty straightforward. Um, You find as good a people as you can. Uh, You get a clear direction for the company. Uh, You you delegate the right work to the right people, and then you get out of their way and let them do that uh, and then hold them all accountable for performance. So, I mean, I know that's right out of of management 101, uh, but that's what you do. I think, uh, you know, given the complexity of the business we're in today... There's a number of you know, tactical ways you have to go about doing all of those simplistic things I just described, but I think uh, at the core, they're all the same. And we've, we've, had to, we've had to deal in more of a team environment than we once did. When we were a hospital company, you know, it was pretty much uh, operated as individual business units out there with uh, as much centralized uh, activities as you could manage. But basically, the, the hospital business was run as individual local businesses. Uh, as we tried to integrate health insurance and hospitals, it became a little more uh, regional or at least metropolitan-wide because uh, insurance is much a local phenomenon. And then as we went straight into being a pure employee benefits company back in the mid-'90s, uh, it became much more centralized in terms of our structure because insurance is a you know, financial institution, more so than healthcare, care, and it started look more, looking more like financial institutions all over time. So... You know, the company's transitioned. The way we operate and run it has transitioned. Uh, we're, more data, we're more data-driven today than we once were. Um, we have a, a lot more uh, uh, challenges relative to applying technology in an effective way. And so, the, you know, many of the agenda items are different, but the core principles in terms of how you manage it to me are not, are not different.
1: Good. Let me build on that with two related questions. Just looking back again on your career all the way back to 1974, if that makes sense, were there one or two or maybe even more than that in the way of individuals who, as you just developed your own style, your own approach to leadership, uh, served to be, even if they didn't use the term themselves, uh, as pretty good mentors to you?
2: I mean, I've been asked that question many times over the years. I mean, I've worked for a lot of really good people and been around a lot of good people, but I, I, I've, I've never been able to point to one person that I would have said was my model of how I how I do things. Um I've watched. I've been. I've been careful to watch how other people do things, both when I work for them or people around me. Uh, and I, I, um, I sort of came to the conclusion early on about the sort of style I was going to have. I'm not sure it's something you can always drive yourself, but, but um, you know, I think it was developed pretty uh, early. Uh, and so um, uh, I wouldn't name any specific individuals, but I think it's just a compilation of. What I've seen around me over that time, and sort of deciding for myself what I liked, what I liked, and what I didn't like, and what worked and what didn't, and I would tell you sometimes what I didn't like was quite effective. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like I took all the winners and, and regardless of the of the process, and kept them. So uh, I'm, I'm one of those believers that there's a number of ways to get to an answer or a result, uh, and I think you can you can choose your path.
1: Good. Looking back on one more question here. You have made hundreds, thousands of major decisions along the way. Would you pick out one of those decisions and just talk about it again very briefly, especially if it was one of your more difficult decisions? What went into it? How did you reach the decision? And if somebody said, I'll put the question very direct this way, uh, Mike, what does it take on your part to make a good and timely decision? So and I think it works best if you could identify one particular decision, just describe it briefly, and then could pick up on those other questions I asked you about it.
2: Then I'll pick on one. And we pick up one that we made in the not too distant future, actually, um, when we decided to set the strategy for this company after I became CEO in 2000. I think one of the most important decisions we've ever made here was to organize this company and begin to try to drive this company. Um, around the simple premise that the consumer had to be at the heart of health care. Now, you know, there's a lot of hype around that today and a lot of talk about that. But at the time, there wasn't anybody talking about that, and then there weren't many people going down that path. And if you think about healthcare care and the way it operates and has for a 100 years, very paternalistic, no information. Uh, it's, a, it's a mother and father may I kind of environment. Um, and, and to have the actual consumer be at the core of how it's organized seems so simple and seems so right except when you talk to healthcare people who think it's crazy so I think that decision was a big one um, and has really guided everything we've done for the last six years um, with you know varying levels of success as you look around everything we've tried to do uh, and I think the thing that's gratifying about that is that I think the rest of the industry has now decided that they're going to go down that path, too. So we get the benefit of having been at it for a while, and then we also actually take a little bit of pride away from the fact that it looks like we may have helped nudge the industry down a path.
1: Two quick follow-ups on that. One is if you could just offer a word or two on what prompted that decision at that time, and number two, to whom did you turn for guidance or counsel on that one in particular?
2: Um, I didn't turn to anyone on the outside on that. I basically uh, spent a fair amount of time on it myself, and then I engaged a handful of my key people around here um, because we were all in the boat of trying to figure out where we were going to try to take the company and how we were going to fix it and change it. So um, I think we did most of that work uh, internally. Based on the mix of people we have here, we had an incredible mix of internal and external experience, institutional knowledge, and experience from other industries. So we started with a mixed group of people, did most of it uh, internally, because frankly I don't think there was much to look to on the outside mm-hmm. uh, to lead us down that path. Um, I mean, the, the process uh, was that we were trying to answer a very, very big question. We started with the big question, what would it take to actually begin to, to rationalize healthcare care and the costs of healthcare? care? in the the U.S. And we started with that really big question. Then we started, you know, putting down everything that's been tried, everything that's failed, everything that's worked. There haven't been too many things that have worked. Uh, But you start listing the history of it, uh, all the various components, all the various approaches that people have tried to apply over many, many years. Um, And through a process of elimination and looking at what the world had been trying to do for a long time, it became really clear really quickly that the one thing no one had ever tried was to get the consumer at the heart of this,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and so it sort of came out of the process in terms of trying to solve a big question. We didn't start with, "Hey, we think the consumer's great; let's make a case for it." It was the other way around. We looked at healthcare and health insurance and the cost of all this, and asked ourselves, you know, if you're going to try to if you're going to try to do something about this, you know, how, how do you do it? And we started essentially with a blank sheet of paper.
1: And Mike just. Small question on that. Start to finish, hard to put particular time points on this. Was this a deliberation on the inside that's over six months, a year, or what kind of, how much of your own time did you focus upon this before you finally said, this is a go?
2: Well, at the, at, at the let's say, the 100,000 foot level, yep. that part didn't take too long. Um, when we said, okay, uh, we think the is the way to go, and then we started trying to actually come down to 50,000 feet and say, all right, if this consumer is going to be the core of what we think, um, you know, then what would be, you know, the next level of statements we would make about how you would do that? That took longer. That was probably more like a year in the making. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, um, and out of, you know, out of all those conversations, there was um, uh, some things that came from that. I mean, uh, it's not on our strategy page, but but uh, as soon as we decided that the consumer was where we wanted to be, then it was clear that we were going to have to be an innovator as well, because it was going to take some innovations in the industry to basically bring that consumer to the yep. center. And uh, and so, although it's not on our strategy page, you're not going to read innovation there anywhere. But it's a it's a core component of of making it happen.
1: Let me pick up on this then and go a bit more forward. Uh, in focusing on the consumer, of course, you in a sense open up a pandora 's box. Every consumer has a slightly different set of needs, and so inherently the universe becomes more complex, more diverse. Just talk for a few minutes on especially since that decision up till now, but also going forward, how you have uh, cope with, manage led when you're you've invited greater complexity in the way you do just about everything you do. Let me, uh, let me comment on
2: that concept first, and then I'll get into some of the complexity things. But, Good. Uh, first of all, uh, one of the faults in all of healthcare, as far as I'm concerned, is an attitude that, that everyone's the same. And so a lot of solutions around health insurance and healthcare care things tend to be one size fits all. I would stipulate that the consumer world is very complex, that people need and want different things, And for an employer or any buyer of insurance for people to pretend that they know what all their people need is outrageous because they don't have a clue. And so I start with the underlying principle that consumers are different, they all need different things, and they want different things. And it's interesting in that the rest of the economy responds to that every single day. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) if consumers want things, they tend to get them in this economy. If they're willing to pay for them, they're sold to them. If they need them changed or they want to go down a different path, remarkably, the economy responds to them. Consumers drive everything, except in healthcare, where people try to do top-down to these folks. And so I'll stipulate that it's complex. I'll stipulate that it's it's more difficult to uh, maybe meet a consumer where they are. But that's exactly what has to be done if you're going to get consumers actually engaged, because until you get down to their individual level and meet their needs and what they're going to respond to, the chance that collectively they're going to change anything is zero.
1: Good. And in terms then of what this has translated into how you operate, has this in any kind of material way just affected the way you run your office or the way you work with your top team?
2: Well, it's made the company's head spin um, because you have people in, you know, two different camps. You have people in the old camp of the business and, You know, believers that we have to do better what we've been doing. And you have those that are ready to go down a different path and try to find a different way. And the friction between the two can be kind of significant. Uh, It does generate another level of complexity in what was already a complex business. And I think the real trick there is to make sure you've you've separated the good complexity from the bad complexity and begin to at least get a picture that if you're going to respond to the consumers uh, and try to, to meet them. Where they are, it will generate some complexity. But what's important and what's not, and try to stay away from what's not—definitely what they won't pay for.
1: In looking around for models as you commenced this long march here, are there other companies or even other industries that provided some thinking through or some guidance or some models for what you're doing now?
2: Well, there's probably some components from a number of places. Um, you know, for example, and I'll give you one. I mean. Um, Dell Computer has done a nice job of, I think, uh, uh, managing complexity and and, and 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 delivering complexity people will pay for. Um, and uh, although it and and although they provide a lot of selections, there's less complexity in there than most people would think. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, any number of consumer products and other consumer brands and approaches where they have. Uh, done things on the back of consumers you would never have dreamed of. I mean, Starbucks is a great example. I mean, who would have thought you could have sold consumers that kind of coffee? Uh, so they responded to some need over there that was yet unidentified at that point. Uh, and I could probably go on and on, but uh, I looked at technology from the standpoint of technology being important, being important. It was already, even in 2000, pretty clear that people were going to do uh, a significant transactional work over the Internet that people were going to seek out the Internet for information. They were going to seek out the Internet for comparisons uh, and for better pricing on products. So that was a big piece of this, because if you think about just the information flow that would be necessary in healthcare to get people engaged and actually empowered, it's crucial that the Internet be the the, the core process for that. So all the Internet companies that were trying to respond to consumers uh, were a decent model to look at, at least from the information flow perspective. So... You know, it's kind of a mixed bag of things out there that uh, kind of brought it together.
1: Let me turn this around. If somebody from another industry or maybe another company in the same terrain came to you and said, uh, Mike, you've been through it. Are there a couple pitfalls to be avoided? Or are there a couple lessons that you would pass on to them?
2: Uh, I would, I don't know. I think one that comes to mind quickly would be in a, in a, in an era of technology expansion and explosion that we have today, uh, I think any business in any industry really has to carefully assess the level level of standardization, things necessary to fully maximize you know, the technology up you know uptake and uplift and productivity gains that are out there. Uh, that, that was pretty natural in our business because we have such high transactional work. But I think you've got, to, you've got to quickly connect the process orientation with the application of technology is one that comes to mind quickly.
1: Any, uh, on the back on the pitfall side, anything that you would have done differently or you would tell them, to watch out for this going forward?
2: You know, I think the one that I discussed earlier is the one, I would, if you try to make any significant changes to your business or, or into your industry, you just better you better get a backbone because you're going to have critics coming out of the woodwork um, and you're going to have to be ready to, to withstand a fair amount of criticism from those that believe differently.
1: And you're speaking both in the industry at large and then within your own ranks, of course.
2: Both, absolutely. Yep,
1: both sides. I'm going to take us in a slightly different direction here. With uh, complexity comes a, a focus or a required focus on that diverse terrain that takes up more time, more energy, and... On the creativity side, on getting new products in the market, new services out there, how has this increasing focus on the consumer and all the complexity that has brought, how has that affected your ability to be innovative and still coming up with great solutions to the problems that these folks face out there that are your consumers?
2: Two, cons- two, two big issues. I mean, um, We organize a separate innovation group, uh, because I, my belief was, given the fact that we were an old company and been around a long time, it was going to take uh, somebody with, I just thought, felt like we were going to require some separate people to to, to be innovative, because it wasn't going to come naturally elsewhere. Um, and then that generates a couple of issues. One is, you know, the innovative types um, aren't always caught up in what's actually doable. So there's a natural friction that, that comes from that. That's not just a question of what's actually doable from the standpoint of building out and delivering something, but what, what the market will eat, so to speak, uh, as well as the execution of, of some of the innovative things that can come up. So execution is um, uh, one of them. It's hard in a company that's fighting over resources to fund um, innovation, especially if it doesn't have short-term payback, because the people that are trying to you know make the trains run on time every day get a little frustrated with that burning of resources, so you have to get committed to some level of burn uh, to keep an innovative engine going. And those are two, two pretty obvious ones that come up pretty quick.
1: Uh, Mike, we've got about five minutes to go. I wanted to give my colleague here, Steve Wilson, an opportunity to ask a question or two if, if Steve would like to get on the line at this point.
0: Sure. Hi, Mike. Hi. One of the impacts of uh, product-service complexity is that it can impair ex- execution and service levels. Um, so as you go towards consumer-driven healthcare. What are the implications for the back office, for execution, and how would you rate uh, the overall industry in that regard? Uh, I think
1: that
0: I think we allow our complexity to,
2: to be the wrong kind at the wrong place. We, we allow our customer employers to drive complexity as opposed to what I would consider to be the right complexity, which is complexity-driven at the consumer level. They're making choices, and they have control. And so I think our industry has done very poorly at controlling bad complexity um, relative to the historic sales model to employers, uh, and I think we're early in this in figuring out exactly what complexity we're going to be able to manage and will put in front of consumers directly. Uh, and I think that you know we'll have to see how that plays out. I think the, cons- the complexity that we manage, tolerate, and, and is good complexity at the consumer level mm-hmm. has has big potential ongoing complexity in the back office from the old model is absolutely non-value-added.
1: Mike, let me quickly add uh, a question onto that one. Since many of our readers will not be all that clear of what, in a sense, is a is a consumer-driven need as opposed to an employer-driven need, could you just identify an example or two that brings that difference out and then how you've worked with that difference?
2: Well, an employer is trying to satisfy the, the health insurance needs of, you know, lots of people uh, in one fell swoop. Uh, that causes them to get to sort of a lowest common denominator concept. In other words, what would it take to satisfy as many of these people as I can possibly satisfy? Um, and, uh, and, and it's just that simple. And the, the driving force there will be, what will it take for me as an employer to have everybody feel pretty good about working here? which is important because no one wants to lose people over benefits. On the other hand, if you go to a consumer type of thing, you're letting the individual consumer decide what their blend of risk tolerance is, what their economics are, the type of things they want from health insurance, how important uh, different levels of benefits are for them. In the context of their overall family environment, You know, I could have two employees standing next to each other. One just won the lottery, and the other one is barely making ends meet. And as far as their relationship with me, they're doing the same job and making the same money. Um, So I think it's it's as simple as letting the individual decide the coverage off of short-term versus long-term economics, the risk tolerance they have, versus an employer trying to do it on a broad basis for a lot of people.
1: Uh, Steve, do you want to add one more question? Then I've got a wrap-up question to bring us to a close. That would
0: be great. Uh, Mike, what is the role of management in this industry particularly in driving innovation, while keeping complex to your bay? Well, I think, you know, the balance,
2: I guess, is it. And it's, um, it's startup companies that were totally innovation-driven. Um, that's pretty straightforward, pretty simple. We've had companies in our space that have just stayed consistent with their old approaches, and that's pretty simple. Uh, the trick is when you start putting them together and managing all of the, the organizational implications of all of that, uh, as well as having a reasonable focus in terms of, what are you all about as a company? Sell, and how are you going to approach the market and we've been through all those issues and, and difficulties and um, and, are, and are trying to continue to get better at it but uh, I, I think that management's just it just it's just um, again apply all the same principles um, but I think management's job is to is to balance all those forces to keep the organization pointed in the right direction uh, I think I think senior management has to be the leader relative to driving innovation, because I think they have to make the organization feel comfortable that it's okay. Um, I mean, one of the things we've tried to develop around here is a learning organization. Uh, When we first started down that process, I would get reactions like, I don't know what you're talking about, a learning organization. Um, And so we've worked on that over the last few years, we've developed it, We've, we've come a long way. People now get it a lot better than they used to. So I think that goes hand in hand with innovation. Innovation requires people to learn different things. Perhaps, sort of, a culture around the idea that learning is okay. Uh, and I think we've come a long way there.
1: Mike, let me finish off with one very brief question. I want to get you back to your uh, your busy work day. Just looking ahead, next couple of years, what for you personally do you see as one of the bigger challenges coming along, either inside the company or as your own market does change next couple of years, let's say two to three years out? Well, I have a
2: big. Uh, piece of work in front of me as we speak um, and it's specific to the Medicare program major player in the expansion uh, of the Medicare uh, program so we have millions of new customers Uh, and so inside of a highly politically charged business we have a we have a to execute on the concept of consumer engagement because essentially the Medicare program operates as a retail consumer business on a scale that we've never seen in our industry. So we have a wonderful opportunity in front of us to take much of what we've been trying to execute on relative to consumer engagement, information, use of technology, et cetera, and apply it to a very large new business. Uh, And I think it's just just very exciting. We're very hopeful that we'll take, uh, you know, these ideas much further down the path with this population over the next couple of years.
1: Okay, Mike, that's been terrific. Uh, let me ask Steve. Steve, any last question you'd like to add in here with about a minute to go? Uh, no, fine. Okay, Mike, uh, really appreciate uh, your willingness to get on the line here. Uh, Tom, want to extend our appreciation for your willingness to set this up for us. For
2: more information, please visit our website at Knowledge dot wharton dot
1: upenn dot edu